you know, we've been on this uh, series called The Pursuit, and um, we wanted, you know, just to pursue God. We feel like uh, that our church is in a, in a place of, of just going after more. How many guys want more of the Lord? I mean, if you're a believer in here, I know your hand's going to be raised. I mean, it's just something that we want more of the Lord. And it's not that he's hiding it from us, and he's not that he hasn't given us. It's just us getting into the place of receiving all that God has for him, really just to pursue him with all of our heart and go to a place that we've never gone before. Um, and that's, that's the heart of God, right? Just for us to desire him and, and to get in that place. How many of you guys have ever, um, your desire for, for the Lord has waned at any time in your life? I'm Just raise your hand, my hands. And a lot of times, um, in fact, most of the times, it's our fault. You know, we've allowed other things to kind of come in and come between us and uh, us and him, and we, we just don't get to that place. And so, um, and so we want to pursue him. So the first week we talked about, uh, first two weeks, about pursuing the Lord and receiving the Holy Spirit, receiving all that the Holy Spirit is and who he is in our life. I mean, last week we had uh, Jay Fowler here, and he talked about, you know, how communication, you know, how to communicate with one another. And people think, well, what does that have to do with, with me and my pursuit? It has everything to pursue the Lord. Because, you know, Jesus said, what are the two greatest commandments? Love God and love others. So us, our relationship with others has a lot to do with it. And, you know, and I know in my own life, and we're going we're gonna to probably sometime during the summer do a, just a, a two-week series on Philemon, because there's only one chapter. But, um, but, you know, it talks about, it's really Philemon's about forgiveness. And about really how, you know, how unforgiveness and how our relationships with other people can stop our pursuit with the Lord because they become our thoughts. They, the things that, the struggles that we have can stop us from going after Him. But today I want to talk about pursuing the glory of God. And I, I know we, we hear this phrase, the glory um, or the anointing, and, and a lot of times we really don't really understand what that is. So I want to explain what happens when a believer, such as you and I, um, step out and decide, and you know it's a choice. The pursuit of God is not a feeling. How many of you guys know that? You know, sometimes you have to be like David, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that was within me. Bless his holy name. David, didn't when he said that, did not feel like doing that. And sometimes you have to choose. You've got to make that choice where I decide today I'm going to pursue him. In fact, you have to do that almost every day. You have to choose to pursue him. And so what happens when a believer that makes that choice, makes that decision in my life, I'm going to be known of a man that pursues God. No matter what, I'm going to pursue him. I'm going to make that choice. So what happens when a believer does that? When a believer decides to make that choice, he begins to study or she begins to study his word, pray, seek his face, worship the Lord, and be obedient to the Lord. What happens to a person that does that? We start to really experience God. Amen? How many ever experienced God before? It's, it, and it, this doesn't just happen. It, it's because of, of a desire that you, it's a decision. A desire can be a decision that you and I make that, that that begins to do it. And when I make that decision, I'm going to pursue him. I begin to experience God. 
there's a tangible thing that happens uh, to a person, to all of us. When we go after the Lord and we go after Him with all of our heart, we begin to feel something. We begin to feel His presence. We actually begin to feel His glory. And when you and I begin to carry that glory around, something's going to change. And that's our heart, is that every one of us experience the presence, the glory, the majesty, everything that God is, we begin to experience Him. You know, the Bible reminds us in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, that there was a great tragedy at the Garden of Eden, and it wasn't just sin. It wasn't just sin. The fact the other tragedy that happened during that time was Romans 3.23. Man, man had fallen short of the glory. And so from that ancient day until now, really, the glory of God has been absent until the time of Jesus. And when Jesus came back, something began to change. That we as a people, us as, 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 as the creation of God, began again to be able to access His glory. You know, the prophets of the Old Testament uh, had much to say about this. They envisioned a day when the glory of God would be all-consuming and it would be impacting the nations and transforming uh, people. And for instance, Isaiah, in Isaiah 66, 18, he says this. He, he prophesies this decree. He says, I will gather all nations and peoples together and they will see my glory. And in a similar way, Habakkuk said this in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14. He says, For as the waters fill the sea, the earth will be filled with the awareness of the glory of the Lord. So each of these anointed men of God insisted that the glory will be ultimately realized on the earth. And so through the person and the work of Jesus, there was a great shifting that happened, that the strongholds of darkness were torn down and God's presence was now available and increasingly available and to be experienced by His creation for those who come to know Him. And in fact, it would be the same in His all intents and purposes of Jesus coming back was that we would come back to the place where Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden before they have sinned. And so the Apostle Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 3.18. He says this, We all, with, who with unveiled face, contemplate the Lord's glory and are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And so I, I believe that the whole heart of, of God is that as we begin to pursue Him that we are going to realize the glory of God. You know, Moses was a man that wanted to know God. And his prayer in Exodus 33 was, God, Lord, show me your glory. In Exodus 33, 18. Please, show me your glory. So what is the glory? What is Moses asking for? Because I know it sounds good, but what is it? Because I want you to know, once you begin to to pursue Him, you're going to receive something greater. Because if you don't, then you're not really pursuing Him. Because I know the Lord is faithful. The Bible says when you draw near to Him, He's going to do what? He's going to draw near to you. He says, Sean, well, I'm not worthy. Yeah, you're not worthy. He is. He already provided a way. And all you and I need to do is that desire 
to go after him, to find something more. I believe that this world needs more than just what the church has been giving them. It needs his power. It needs who God really is. And so what is this glory? Number one, the glory of God is the manifest presence of God. That word manifest is the demonstration of God. The glory of God is not just something way out there. The glory of God is actually something that we should be experiencing every single day as a believer. That word glory, is, is, it means heavy or substantial or weightiness. But the glory of God is really the substance, the, the fullness of who God is. So it's His greatness. It's His majesty. It's His splendor. It's His excellency. It's His power. It's His anointing. It's His fame. It's His riches. So when Moses is asking, Lord, I desire to see Your glory, what he's asking I desire to see all that you are. Not only to see it, but to really experience it in my life. Paul prays this in Ephesians 1.18, says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So that manifest presence of God is for you and I. And it's for us to to go after the glory of God is an active presence of God. It, it's because this is where we have it. We think God is just, just way up there, but, but, but he sent his spirit, who he is, to abide in us, and we are the temple of God, right? So the glory of God, his greatness. Here are some examples of that active presence of God. Luke five seventeen, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Luke 6, 19. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out of him and healed them all. Luke 8, 46. But Jesus says, somebody touched me, for I perceive power going out of me. We talked about before that we all want to be like Jesus, right? Jesus reflected the glory of God. He had it inside of him and moving out of him, and that was given to you and I through the Holy Spirit of God. And God wants us to seek Him, not just His manifestations, but to pursue Him in order to receive His substance, His glory. The manifest present, the demonstration of the presence of God in your life. Because number two, God wants to reveal Himself in His glory. You know, that's, this is the sad thing, right? That um, believers never really understand that they can receive who he is and experience who he is. Isn't that right? I mean, have you, have you had times in your life that you kind of think God's way far off? That you're, you're supposed to be the servant, and, and that's true. But, but there's no experience in, of God. And I, I believe this, a lot of believers go through their life just hoping that there is a God, not really knowing that there is a God. And as you begin to start out to pursue Him, you're going to know Him. And not just know of Him, but you're going to have that relationship, that experience with the Lord. Yes, 
Are we supposed to live by faith? Yeah, you start out in faith. Something happens here. See, the glory of God, God wants to reveal to you. So he wants to reveal his substance. He wants to reveal his greatness, his majesty, his splendor, his excellency, his power, his anointing, which is that's his glory on us. Amen? His glory on you and I. The anointing is the expression of God's glory. It's God's substance flowing out of him into you and I. And he wants us to experience that. And sometimes we, we just, we're, we're in our prayer times and we feel like we're so needy. How many have ever been to that time? You just didn't know what to say, but you needed something. You need him. I God, I need you to be, I need your excellence. I need your majesty. You know, our bodies, who we are, was made to crave who God is. And just like in Romans 3, 23, chapter 3, and you know, before 23, it talks about how man has made images, man images, to re- try to replace that. But we were created to know it, and God wants to reveal his glory to you and I. You know, one of the best you know, stories in the Bible of this is Exodus 33. And it's, it's, you, know, you see Moses who was invited into the very presence of God in a great measure than anybody had seen at that time until, since Adam. And so it came to pass that where, where Moses entered the tabernacle that a, a pillar of cloud descended. And the Lord talked with Moses. Moses actually was engulfed in the presence of God. He, he had that. And you've got to also remember that Moses wasn't born again. Jesus hadn't come back. He was not redeemed fully. And so if that was able for him, that's going to be able for us in, more, in a more powerful and greater way. But, the, you know, this chapter is about Moses and Moses in this chapter of 33 this is where he says God if your presence don't go with doesn't go with me I'm not going I need your presence and that's where he said show me your glory but one of the the it's a smaller part in this this chapter is Joshua because Moses would go meet with the Lord and the people of the Israel would look at that and they would bow down and worship But Joshua would run to the tent and hang out at the door. And when Moses would go out and go tell the people what was happening, guess where Joshua was? At the tent. He was sealed. Joshua did not depart from that place of God's glory. It says in verse 11, it says, But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man did not depart from the tabernacle. He stayed in the glory of God. Joshua stayed at the tent because he had love for God's presence. He desired that. He loved it. In fact, I suggest this. The reason Joshua became the successor of Moses was because of this. Because he loved the very presence of God. 
He loved staying in there. He was, he was head and shoulders of, above everybody else around him because of, of he loved God's presence. He, he had a love for his glory. He had love for the substance of God, not because of what God can do for him. You know, he stayed at the tent just because he wanted to be in the presence of God. He didn't call on God, God, do this for me, do this for me, do this. It's not just about the manifestations. It's about who he is. He got hooked. He got, in a sense, maybe addicted to the presence of God. That's where we need to be. We need to be so addicted to the presence of God, nothing else can satisfy us. Amen? That's what we need. And that brings me to my third point. God's glory is manifested when there is a desire. When we have a desire for Him, when there's a desire for the Lord to experiencing something more from the Lord, there's His glory. You know, God is, God is such, a, such a gentleman. I mean, He's not going to force His way on you. <clears throat> I like to play basketball. Of course, right now it's kind of hard, and I would be terrible at it right now because I was terrible at it before. But I love to play basketball. And I used to, when I was uh, with uh, Youth with a Mission, I, there was a place in, in, uh, our, around our area that I would go to and um, pass out water balls to the guys playing basketball. And so these are street players. I mean, they're, they're pretty good, a lot of them. And so... Um, I'd go up there, and, um, and so I invited a friend of mine who was a much better basketball player than I was. I thought, man, he's going to be able to, uh, to, be, uh, to be used. And, um, and so, um, so I, I kept on going and just, just playing and playing, but every time this guy would come with me, they knew he was a better basketball player, but, but I was there the one feeding them water and giving them water. And they would always pick me, because they would pick teams at the beginning, they would always pick me above him every time. And I could never understand it because I was ter- I'm terrible. I'm actually terrible. I-, I play full contact basketball. That's how bad I am. Because that's the only way I can do anything well. Kelly Hill is a lot like that too. So <laughs> full contact. He's a lot better basketball player than I am. But, but the thing about it is, is that that glory of God is manifest with desire. Even us here on earth, we realize desire, and we, we honor desire of people. God honors that. And what he'll do is that if you're in a place, and there's people, you know, you're here, and you're worshiping God, he'll come to you if you desire him. He'll come right to you. He'll, he'll come. You draw near to him, he's going to draw near to you. But the moment you decide to want something else, he lets you go. In Acts chapter 10, there's a story about Cornelius. And in Acts chapter 10, verse 44, it talks about, it says this, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word. And there was, there was a desire in that place receive from him and it says in those of those who were circumcision who believe were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit 
had been poured out on the Gentiles also. They didn't really figure it out, hey, that was possible. Because they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And so they didn't feel like that this, was, this was able to the Gentiles at the time. The Jews didn't think that, but it was, they, they saw their desire, and Peter saw that, and, and he preached, and, and this is what's happening. There was faith to see God for the anointing, for the glory of God. God's glory was manifested and lives were changed. See, your faith makes a pool on the glory of God. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? She perceived that when she touched Jesus' garment, Jesus perceived power had went from him. She made a pool on that glory by faith. Cornelius made a pool seeking a Jew for the Holy Spirit. That was a new thing. Faith is a dependency. It's a humbled, surrendered heart. That's why James says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. If you pull on God and you desire him, he will draw near to you. God will show up. And this is the thing. Don't wait on other people to bring it to you. Don't wait for the music to be the certain style that you like or the certain song that you like in a worship time, whether it's here or in your own private worship. Don't rely on a leader to do it for you, to beg you to come on. You seek God and His glory, and you will receive it. So you will receive His majesty, His justice, His love, His power, who He is. You will receive that. But you go after him. These people were changed in Acts chapter 10. When God comes on the scene, your life changes. God is glorified and made known. That's the thing. I, I, I desire to be changed. I want to grow in the Lord. In fact, my, my fourth and final point is that to grow that God wants us to grow in his glory. That is 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this in the Amplified, in all of us, as with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the word of God, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are constantly being transfigured into his very own image in an ever-increasing splendor, and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. It comes from the Holy Spirit inside. And so when you and I begin to seek after him and pursue him, we're going to be changed into his image and likeness. That glory, his splendor, his majesty, we're going to be changed into what he is and who he is. And to go after him with everything that we have, we're going to see that. And when I pursue the Lord, that's what's happening. The glory of God is changing me. What happened when Adam and Eve sinned? What left them? The glory. The glory of God left them. Was it the presence of God? No, God was still around. But inside of them, then, would it consume them? And that's the heart of God, is that I want to be consumed. You know what's going to help people out there in this world to find God? is for a believer who is so consumed with God, it reflects who he is. Because you and I can't love them enough by ourselves. They need more answers than it's going to be okay. Right? 
They need more answers than, I'll pray for you. What do they need? They need real hope. They need real power. They need real answers, right? They don't need a list of, hey, here's the top ten things you can do. Not saying anything's wrong with those top ten things, but without the power of God and the excellency of God and the majesty of God and the joy of God and the ability of God, it ain't going to do anything. We need more, right? I need to pursue him. We were made to know the glory of God, Isaiah 43. Romans 3.23 is true. We fell short of knowing his glory because of sin. As Colossians 1.27 says, Christ came to return us to God's glory. To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of his glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Isaiah 60 is a really cool verse. And it says this, and I know it's talking about Jesus coming and, and the Jews, but let's listen to this. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and the deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you. You. And his glory will be seen upon who? You. The Gentiles shall come to light and the king to the brightness of your rising. And have you, have you ever thought about that? That maybe I should have the glory of God all around me. That the glory of God is for me to have on this earth to show who people who God is. The Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. Man. And as Christians, we should pursue the glory of God so that people around us will be drawn to him. You know, this is what causes people to want to be like Jesus. It's not that you have to be perfect. He's already perfect for you. And they see you. They see him in you. Yeah, they see your mistakes, but they look at you and think, how can this be? How can, how can Sean be really like that? How can he love like that? How can he talk like that? How can he be so joyful? How can he, how can he, how can he be happy? It's not because, I, because of what's going on around me. Because of who's in me. That's what causes people to want to, to taste and see the Lord is good. So let's take it back to Jesus. What did Jesus say? You are salt of the earth. Right? And then he goes on and talks about how salt can lose its flavor, right? So what's the flavor of us? What's the salt? What does people want to just take a lick, you know? 
kind of gross, I know, but. I'm, I'm, I'm envisioning here, okay? What, what does, why would they want to taste what you have? Why would they want to taste what you have? Are you full of yourself or are you full of God? That's what we want. I want people to be able to taste and see that the Lord is good, not because of what I've done, but because of who God is in and through me. As a church, we should pursue the glory of God. So when people come to the church, hey, listen, how about this? You know, this week we have VBS. It's, it's an outreach to our community. All of our kids will be a part of it, but then others will be coming. I want those kids to come up here and see the people, and we have some of the greatest people on earth. I tell you that. When they are around the people, our our workers, our team leaders, our helpers, that those kids are going to want what they have. Amen. So when maybe we go out into this uh, into the uh, hotel in a couple weeks, some of you go out with uh, with Mitch. I want those families to know not how good Cornerstone Church is or how good you are, but how good God is. Amen. They see the glory of God. That's what I want. I want. I want that in my life. I want that in all of our life. That's what we should do. That's what the pursuit is all about. Is so not so we can become better, but He can become glorified through us. Amen. That they see Him and worship Him. Not say, "Oh man, you're so great, you're so good." No, no. He is so great and so good. It should be automatic not to say anything about me, but everything about Him. Where I don't even have to correct them. Oh, no, 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 it's all God. You know, no, they should automatically go for God, amen? And when we pursue Him and we make that decision, and it starts with that decision, how do I respond to this? I pursue Him, I choose that. I daily will draw from Him by reading the Bible, by praying, by worshiping, by Doing what he's called me to do, being obedient, believing, taking steps of faith in God, having hope for tomorrow. Amen? Looking and having faith and having vision for what God has called us to do and who God called us to be. What has he done for you? What is he calling you to do? Get out there and get into that and start reaching for that. This world needs men and women who are pursuing God and the things of God and will tear down walls to get to it. Amen? Just rip things apart. You know, if I was in youth right now, if I was a youth pastor, I would take up a chair and just throw it. I just wanted to, to get their attention. That's what I want to do. But we need to get to that place where I just, we just choose to say, God, no matter what, I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to get you. I'm going to go after you with everything that I have. I'm going to get excited that there is more to him. (laughs) 
know that, that phrase in, in, in Matthew, the hunger and thirst after righteousness, that, that's kind of, it's taken an understanding of how a pig eats. How many's ever seen a pig eat? Not talking about the person next to you, but how many's seen a pig eat? I mean, you ever, you, you ever slop the pigs? You throw that junk down, and they're crawling over each other, pushing aside everyone. You know, that's where we should be in worship. Um, that's just good preaching. I mean, that's just good. That's what we should do in worship. I, I, you know, I've got to get more of God. I'm going after him. I can't wait to get in there. I want to get into the right place where I can hear the music the best, whatever that is to you. Some of you, it's too loud, so go over there. Some of you, it's not loud enough. Sit in the middle. Wherever that is to you, go after the Lord with all of your heart. You, can't, you should be able to be the person, I can't wait to have my prayer time with the Lord. Me and God have coffee every day. I can't wait to have coffee with the Lord. He makes it up in heaven, I make it right here. His is probably a lot better than mine. Just get into that and get excited for more of him. And number three, press in. Pursue him, get excited about what there is for you, and then press in. Don't stop, but press in the Lord. Draw from the presence the glory of God. Sean, what does it have to do with all my problems? Everything. It will change your marriage. It will change your life. This will change your relationship at work. Change everything. When you get into the glory and the presence and the, everything that God has and start receiving from that, your life will be changed. Amen? Because you'll view things from his perspective. And you'll step into an area of faith that you've never stepped in before. Where you might have been a person where the cup is half empty, you become where the cup is half full. And believing God and receiving from him. Amen? Bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, we just bless you. And we thank you, Lord, that you are good and you are faithful, Lord. And God, right now, in the name of Jesus, we give you everything. We give you all that we have, all that we are in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord. And Father God, we want to pursue you. We want to be filled with your Holy Spirit, empowered by your Holy Spirit. We want to do what's right uh, with people around us so nothing will block us. So we'll forgive where we need to forgive. We'll make amends where we need to make amends. And Father God, and then we'll press in and receive your glory, your substance, who you are, everything that you are, we want to receive it today in Jesus' name. And so, Father, we thank you that we'll pursue you, we'll get excited about you and the things of God, and we'll press in for more in Jesus' name so we can be like you. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise right now. Amen. Is he worthy? Amen.